Hello, this is Lisa LaRose here on Connect to Love on PRNFN, and I am joined today by the wonderful Michael J. Russ. Welcome, welcome, Michael. It's always such a delight and pleasure to have you join me for these unscripted conversations. How are you? Good. Ditto. Ditto. I'm awesome. It's always amazing to, 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 to do these with you. It's, uh, it's one of the, my highlights of the week and uh, highlights of my week because it yeah, we just it's nice to talk about uh, the subjects we talk about and and with the knowledge that someone out there listening will get um, will mind can mind what we uh, say, the conversations we have and the, the topics that we bring forth, uh, they can mine them for some treasure that can enrich their life in some small or large way. That's to me that's, mm-hmm. that's awesome. Absolutely. And, you know, as often is the case, sometimes I wake up in the morning and I have a soundtrack, you know, a song playing in my head. And this Mm -hmm. morning, I actually had a reminder of a quote that started playing in my head and, and I kept thinking about it. So I'm so grateful to you that you were open to exploring this because it's always been one of my favorite quotes and it, it, um, there's different people. It's interesting because, um, different people have had, the same words, they just have been written differently. And, and when I was exploring who to actually attribute the quote to, it, it goes back all the way to Eleanor Roosevelt, though. Um, there is a, a woman, Flavia Whedon, that actually rewrote the quote. And um, so it says that some people come into our lives quickly while others stay and they leave footprints on our hearts and we are never, ever the same. So. You know, and it was interesting because when I was, I thought, oh, okay, well, how does that quote go? You know, and I kind of kept thinking about it. And then it, as often as it, it will be, something else will come uh, along. And, and I found another quote that was sort of the, the same thing, and it just said, the gentle footprints of kindness that you leave behind make a lifetime of soft imprints in the hearts of others that will never wash away. So now I have two favorite quotes <laughs> say the same thing I thought wow I love that I love that because that's where you and I uh, resonate from you know we resonate from not only receiving being the, the recipients of those footprints on our heart but also gently leaving footprints of kindness wherever we go I just real I just thought that that was amazing and um, it's it just you know, you you think of, you think about that, and and as my mind was wandering this morning, I was thinking about all of those individuals, the friends, the people who just came in for a reason, a season, and those who are here for a lifetime, that have have left footprints on my heart. And I would love to ask you because I started thinking about you know all the way back into into childhood. But did you have a childhood friend or a teacher that you would say left uh, a gentle footprint on your heart and left you not the same as when you met them? Uh, yeah, you know, it was interesting. I would say um, that, yeah, I mean, every place that we lived, we had made connections. And uh, I'm sorry to say that I'm not going to be able to remember the names of certain people, many of them. Uh, it's just I tell people all the time that that our our experiences kind of uh, it shaped and, and it evolved us into who we are today. And sometimes we're not really some some of them are really so slight. Um, I, I think that uh, the first person to have an impact on my life uh, was my my first drum teacher that my mother took me to. Mm. And if I have to think back on it, it's funny because I, I, it comes to mind right now the drum teacher when she. Uh, got tired of me beating on furniture rhythmically and decided to take me to the officers club back in 1965 and and say, hey, uh, my son needs drum lessons. He's beating all over things. He's got some rhythm somewhere. So here, here you go. And um, he was such a nice gentleman. We were in Taiwan at the time. He was a Chinese, it was a Chinese big band in those days. And uh, he was, he was uh, very warm. Uh, very kind, very friendly, and he, in essence, taught me how to read music for the first time. And it was interesting because he also, when we went there for dinner on Saturday evenings, he would call me up to play a couple of songs. 
And that is where I got my first taste of being in front of an audience. That was the, for the introduction wow. to something that today I'm incredibly comfortable with. So I'm very grateful to him because he didn't really have to do that. You know, he really didn't. Um, I, I, you know, I, I have to credit him, and I've credited him many, many times with being the person who helped me feel, first introduced me to, um, to, to being in front of people to speak or to, to be in front of them, perform in some way. Right? I wasn't speaking, but I was performing. And having to do it with a bunch of other people um, and, and get comfortable and get focused. Uh, and that's a focus that I draw upon today for many things. I draw upon it for golf. I draw upon it for uh, when, I, when I do play sitting with other people. Uh, there's a, a certain something that I learn from him, a focus and attention that I, 64 years later, well, not 64, more like 50 some odd years later, still use. Still used to mm. this day. Wow, that's so. You know, and it's funny. I I was just thinking about your drum teacher the other day. Um, you know, just because of of that expression and that freedom, and and really cultivating that in a child who has a natural gift for it. It's 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 amazing when an adult sees that in a child. Not only did your mother see it, but he saw it in you as well and then to invite you up on stage is even even more profound because it just you know it's like almost like an acceptance into the club and uh you know to be able yeah. to allow your light to shine i mean that's you know that's really wonderful that's it's really, interesting really that we can track this back it's, it's interesting to be able to be a, to, to track back uh something that you uh, are, are incredibly comfortable with today. Where where did that emanate from? You know, it's mm-hmm. I, I know people who who are, are who have stage fright. Who, who you know, the last thing they can do is they have is any confidence in front of people. And uh, in in my view, it's because as as children, uh, we're not encouraged to get comfortable. In, the, in those circumstances right. uh, and with whatever it may be, doing a class project or doing it with other people or getting a play or whatever it may be. Uh, but it's nice to be able to track that, track that comfortability back to something, you know, decades and decades earlier. Uh, and uh, I got to say, and that is, you know, because I wasn't in any plays before then. Heck, I was like, I think I was seven and uh, nothing. But what was yours? I got. I want. I want to well, know. Well, you know, it, it's funny as you you know you were talking. I have. I had a teacher. I mean, I had many teachers that influenced me, but there was one that I will never forget. Her smile, and her name was Mrs. Yudkovic. And so you would think with that name that she was um, married to somebody that that was you know maybe she was Polish or whatever, but she was actually Jamaican, and she hmm. had. Uh, the most beautiful smile and she had these gorgeous false eyelashes and this beautiful afro and she was <laughs> in my world like a rock star she would you know she just dressed we were in sort of like an open area classroom which at the time was sort of an experimental thing so there was no walls yes. so you had right. you had desks and you know everybody you know but so it was what i i remember about her and it you know the same thing about the love of music we did do our music class in a in a closed room and and we had drums you know they were the type that you you know you just pound on and so she encouraged us during music to to bring different things in for show and tell and Mm -hmm. i brought in my very first album i ever owned which was a kiss record I, I, you know, I, I was fascinated by the the cover of Kiss and their, you know, their boots and their makeup and everything else. And what I remember about her, which was really funny, because you know, you don't think about, you know, you bring the album for show and tell. And she said, "Well, let's listen to a song." And so, you know, I had the whole album. <laughs> I picked, I picked uh, Detroit Rock City, which was like a, a big. And it didn't discourage her. What was so interesting, she actually asked if she could hear another song on the album. And so I played Beth off of the album. And, um, you know, and I don't really, it's so funny because I remember that being, you know, for me, and we talked about acceptance last week, I was always a new kid. 
And for her to to sort of allow me that space and that grace to do something so bold, you know, not mm-hmm. just to bring in the, the album and show it, but actually to let my fellow classmates experience it and then, you know, not just say, okay, well, well, thank you very much, you know, Miss LaRose. <laughs> that was interesting. <laughs> she said, you know, like, okay, let's hear some more. Like, what else do you like about this album? And, you know, I just, I always felt very um, connected to her heart. You know, she had such a beautiful heart. And I always wonder, like, oh, yeah. you know, I mean, I think about, you know, the colorful scarf she wore and, you know, the, you know, just her expression and, and, you know, allowing us to sort of experience some of her culture, you know, because I grew up in Western Canada. So for somebody to be from Jamaica and to come to Canada was, was pretty Mm -hmm. exotic for, for us as, as as a child. And uh, I will never forget her. I always wonder what happened to her, but um, yeah, she was just a very special lady. Very special lady, and, you know. And I, I had, you know, I had a couple kid crushes. Uh, you know, I had Mr. Mr. Uh, Arnold, who when I moved to the United States, so that was a whole other thing. You know, he was another um, very just tender uh, <laughs> individual. He just was. He was my social studies teacher, and you know, it, it, when you come into a new school, sometimes I think we were. I was only at that school eight eight months. So it was, a, you know, but he definitely impacted me. Um, you know, it wasn't really my favorite subject, but he brought it to life for me. You know, and I think when you have somebody Beautiful. that can do that, it, it does. It leaves those footprints on the, your heart. Is there somebody in your world, Michael, that has brought something to life for you? Uh, let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see. Thinking, I've been thinking about it since you're listening to you and, and, and in another track level of my mind, attempting <laughs> to come up with somebody. Um, I would say there's a gentleman, and I, and I, again, I, his name escapes me at this particular point. However, when I went to San Jose State, uh, I, I was, uh, encouraged to join this program called New College. It was a college within the college down there. It was a, it was a, a program um, by the way, similar to the elementary school you went to in Colorado, I went to a school uh, for the first time when I was 11 in Colorado Springs that was very much like the experimental elementary school you went to. Um, it wow. had open, wall, no walls and open, you know. It was really, really rather cool and very, um, very uh, enlightening. Uh, however, when I went to San Jose State uh, and got involved with this new college, what was interesting about it is it was... It, they would teach, um, it was a bunch of hippie professors <laughs> that fun. wanted to do something, <laughs> something new, right? Uh, biology teacher, long gray hair with ponytail, and he taught biology and he taught uh, about uh, the world. I learned about, I learned about a lot of different things, biology and geology, and, and he'd spent time in the Amazon uh, and wow. visiting and living a little bit in the Amazon, and he would tell us the things that I remember today, things that most people don't even think about when they think about Amazon. Like the Amazon has no grass on the, on the you know, nothing on the floor. The floor of Amazon is, is hard earth because the trees are so tall, nothing grows on the ground. Everything grows in the trees. Mm-hmm. Everything happens in the trees, going up 40, 50, 60 feet. That's where life is. And uh, it, what's interesting is, uh, he's the first gentleman who taught taught me about um, underground homes. And we talk oh, about fun. a lot, a variety of different stuff. Yeah, underground homes, homes built into the sides of hills. Because we talked about alternative living and you know bay uh, straw bale arc, uh, structure uh, and architecture and all these various interesting things that just kind of broaden my entire horizon, you know, in life. And uh, mm-hmm. I, I think to this day about um, the the different uh, alternative lifestyles that you can live in terms of build, alternative building um, structures that uh, they're out mm-hmm. there. I, I'm, I keep telling my, my girlfriend, this, you know, in a couple of years, we're going to go to Hawaii. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to buy a piece of property, and one of my dreams is to build uh, a container home. Uh, out of mats and mm-hmm. containers, uh, build a very luxurious space, but do it from something that's already there, a resource that's using resources that are already there. There are already a lot of containers there because everything on the island comes to the island on containers. 
And uh, so they're, they're in abundance. And uh, then use local white architects to design something really cool that kind of fits in with the island that, uh, that works with a couple of bungalows, you know, something very simple on a, hill, on a hillside uh, in, on the big island. Uh, there are some really a dream come true. Yeah. That sounds fantastic. Yeah. I dream about it. Imagine it all the time. Imagine it happening. Imagine where it's ha- what part of the island I want to live on. I mean, imagination is the most is the greatest gift I think we've we've been given as human beings is the, the ability to imagine and mm-hmm. and uh, it, it's such a powerful powerful force. Uh, but this gentleman was somebody who stood out at that particular time in in my life, uh, you know, in terms of putting footprints on my heart, my soul, uh, the information that he was able to share has shaped, helped shape me and helped give me a different view of the world. I guess that mm-hmm. that is uh, that qualifies as somebody who really, you know, to me has has, has done that. And um, uh, it, it's with as many schools as I went to, but there's one other gentleman uh, who I'd have to look in the yearbook to get his, get his name. This is really weird. Uh, names, I have to explain to our audience that uh, over the years I've trained myself to live in the present. And that means that I've literally, I may have it in the back of my mind somewhere as an experience. However, I've pretty much let it go. I've trained myself to let go of what happened yesterday so that I can enjoy and embrace today. And that means that my mind is not focused on people or circumstances or things and experiences of the past. I'm, I'm here living now in the present, writing a podcast. Mm-hmm. I'm doing a radio show with you. And so I, uh, these names have just, there's been so many of them. However, uh, I, can remember, I can see his face in my mind's eye. He was a, he was a, a black biology teacher in Turkey, Izmir, Turkey, uh, where I met my girlfriend. Uh, it was 1973. And we were a couple of months, uh, three months from coming home. And I was 14 at the time. My brother was 16. And we wanted to go. A bunch of students were taking a summer vacation trip to Rhodos, Greece, which was probably about a seven-hour, eight-hour bus, seven-hour bus ride, um, on, you know, on those typical buses with chickens and, and goats. And the, that <laughs> I kind know of that well <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you know, it's it's what you experience in a foreign country. In no the air 70s. conditioning. Uh, yeah, no <laughs> that's right. Windows yeah. are all open. It's hot. Oh, it's windows, hot. Are... windows are all open. <laughs> Dust blowing in. Uh, it's it's just what makes it. Well, I'll I'll tell you what was unique about the bus ride in a second. However, what happened was he, we, my brother and I wanted to go on this trip, and my mother said. You know, no, not going to happen, just the two of you going down there. And I said, well, what if we got a chaperone, an adult chaperone? She goes, who would that be? And I said, we'll find somebody. <laughs> so we went around, <laughs> went around to, 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 this, to this, this biology teacher. He had to be at the time, I think, in his mid-30s. He's in his mid-30s at the time. He was a huge audiophile. He had a huge wall with uh, uh, more records than I'd ever seen in my life, more uh, oh. 30, LPs. At the time, there were records, LPs, vinyl. LPs and uh, that he traveled all over the world with some jazz to to to, to er- funk to everything you can imagine he had classical and so we went to him and we said hey um, we a bunch of students are going down for a week to Rodos Greece and we want to go but my mom says you can't go so long story short we convinced him to uh, escort us down we got a place to stay there mom and dad mom cleared it with dad. And, you know, okay, bye, see you later. Now, I'm 14 years old. I, who, what parent lets a 14 you know, and a 16-year-old go away for a week? I'm sorry, I'm laughing to, because I was thinking, I thought, oh, maybe they just went for like a day and then they came back or, you know, but you were there for a week. That's incredible. We were there for a week, and but we've been there before. Uh, the family had been there before and uh, twice, in, in fact, and it involved a bus ride. So by the time we got... People were starting to leave to go down there. The bus was leaving the next morning at like 8 o'clock. <laughs> we're up to like 1 trying to get the okay from my dad. And we finally got the okay. We packed up our stuff. We went to the – she dropped us off at the bus station. We took a cab actually to the bus station. 
at like six, seven o'clock in the morning. And he met us there, and he was all packed. And we all got on this, this bus. It was a green bus, an old Mercedes, green Mercedes bus. And literally it did have uh, chickens in the, in, the, in the upper shelf and in the back and um, some rabbits and some other animals and people. It was just a lot of Turks. We were all going down, you know, we're, we're, we're on this commercial bus, right? And we got to a part, and I'd say we'd, we'd been there twice before, there was a – we were on an upper plateau, and we had to go down to the lower plateau to the ocean because we needed to catch a ferry. And when I say lower plateau, I'm talking about five, 6,000 feet. We had to go down a winding, you know, S-curving road. Um, and in Turkey, there are no guardrails. So, uh, but before we got there, the bus driver only knew one route. And we were in this bus, and there was a detour. And the gentleman who driving the bus, the older guy, we're sitting there, and all of a sudden he makes a right turn, and the detour is left. He makes a oh, right no. turn because we go through this forest. We go through this forest, we get to the end of the forest, and then we get, you know, we'll see the, the, the whole valley and the whole nine yards. What we didn't know at the time is that the detour was because there was a forest fire. Oh, there my was goodness. a forest fire. <laughs> so we wow. go driving this is one of these things one of these things you remember for like an eternity and if you can if, if you can imagine he made a he, he went through the detour because it was the only way he knew how to go and literally on the left side of the road was the fire the wow. right side of the road was where the fire wanted to go to so we're sitting there and the bus is heating up and this just the heat is just it was only for like a quarter mile but it was wow. still the fact that there was a forest fire raging on the left side of the road, and we're driving down this road, and he's, he's going as fast as he possibly can to get, get away from these embers that are, like, jumping over the bus. I couldn't believe oh it. Goodness. I was in there going, yeah, we got through this going, can he just drive through a forest fire? I mean, come on already. It was hilarious. But, you know, these are the things that you – you know, you remember, you know, we went back to Rodos, Greece uh, a couple of years ago, about five, six years ago. And I remember, uh, you know, coming in and we went to Lindos where we, we went and took a cab. And it's just, it's, it's a beautiful, quaint place. It's nice to see places 40 years later uh, and the growth mm-hmm. that's actually occurred. And uh, you, you, the memories come bounding back. And we actually found a place that we were looking for. We're looking for this place to buy this um, ceramics. Because back then, my mother had bought some ceramics, and I wanted to get her something that was unique to that place again. Oh, that's not and, uh, and Yeah, and we actually did finally find the place. It had moved. Highway had moved. The highway had moved. Because, oh, it's off the highway. Wow. It's off the highway to the right. The, high, the whole highway had moved. Uh, it's just interesting. You know, there are, when, when, once these experiences start rolling back, they come back and, like I said, they come back in, in, <laughs> in good measure. I mean, there's a ton of them. However, the, I'll never forget this particular, this particular teacher. He was so wonderful. Uh, we hung out together for a week, and, and we partied and had a great time and, you know, with the other students. And, and it, it was one of those things. It, just for our listeners, 14 years of age, for me, was like 19 because mm. we had been running around that same city since I was 12. You know, I mean, I, I, we were playing in a band. Uh, we were out late. And um, the whole band, that was another thing, too. The, the, it was the first band I'd, I'd ever been in. It was a nine-piece R&B band, um, rhythm and blues band. That, uh, we, and we did a lot of things in a, in a couple of years that um, left a huge impression on me and helped me uh, grow up and evolve and transform and uh, have a lot of very unique experiences. And, you know, it, it's, I didn't have to do it. You know, you don't have to do something. You can be shy. You can say, no, I don't want to do that because I'm afraid of this or, you know, it might lead to that. However, the one thing that I've learned in life, uh, especially with, with people, if there's an opportunity, especially an opportunity to step outside of your comfort zone, uh, it, even though it is uncomfortable, just the decision, thinking mm-hmm. about it's uncomfortable. Sometimes just doing it, um, it, it brings a, a spice to your life that you would have never otherwise had. And you, never, you can surprise yourself. You can surprise yourself mm-hmm. a lot. Um, I'd like to know about another one of yours. Come on, you had the teacher. Who else? What? 
<laughs> we know I as you were talking about the Amazon, you were talking about your experience with your teacher. I have had a, a very dear friend. She actually came, I met her, she became a neighbor of mine. And I'll never forget when Jennifer drove up the very first time uh, to the house because her husband, uh, her, who became an ex-husband, was not really the kindest to, to her and her children. And he, he had her drive around in a wreck of a car. <laughs> this car you know, used to, to break down and all kinds of stuff. But she moved in a, a couple doors down, and she was very gregarious and very delightful. She was so full of life that you couldn't imagine. I mean, you know, I, I, she was a, a travel agent. She was a mom. You know, she had just such a dear, dear heart. Um, you know, she unfortunately had juvenile diabetes, which um, ultimately um, cost her her life, but um, way, way, way hmm. too young. But she um, called me up one day and she said, you know, you talk about those opportunities. She said, you know, I'm going to Costa Rica on an ecological tour. They're trying to sell us this tour. Do you want to go with me? And, and I thought, you know what? Sure, sure. And it was, there was only going to be... Ah. The tour guide, and then they, these other travel agents, and uh, her and I. So there was only eight people. So it was, we were a very small group. And um, so, you know, we, we got to the, the airport, boarded, boarded the flight, and it was so interesting because it was almost like the whole trip was just charmed. Uh, as soon as we got on, they, they looked at us and they said, hey, guess what? We have some seats in first class. You know, would you like to sit up there? Sure. You know, so we sat up there, mm -hmm. and uh, it was, you know, after it was from the trip from Miami to, to um, uh, San Jose in Costa Rica, and they offered us this drink called Cacique, which is uh, one of the, the native liquors to Costa Rica. <laughs> Needless to say, we were feeling not much pain by the time we landed, and, and our tour guide, Hector, met us. Now, it, what was so funny was she was such a free spirit, and, you know, I, I am a free spirit, but not to the degree that she was, and if you could imagine us, us landing and the other um, travel agents, I, I would say that they were like school, like old school mistresses. <laughs> I don't know how to explain it any other way. But uh, we had, you know, it was just like such a charmed, fantastic trip from beginning to end. But, you know, the first, you know, so we got onto this bus and they were sort of looking, you know, a little annoyed at us because we were laughing and joking and having a great time. And we checked into the very first hotel in San Jose and uh, Jennifer put her luggage on the bed and sat on it and the bed collapsed. Well, even if the mat, she's not, she's not a heavy person. So oh my gosh. <laughs> you can imagine we kind of call the front desk and we're like, honestly, we didn't do anything. We didn't do anything to break the bed. And I mean, but you know, you get into that mindset where you just, you find a, a friend and you just giggle and you cannot stop laughing, um, you know, yeah. uncontrollably. And we did that. I mean, the whole trip was blessed with, with multiple events like that. We went, um, you know, into the to the rainforest, and uh, you know, every morning we would get up early. We'd be out near the waterfalls at like five o'clock in the morning, listening to the birds and learning about the animals and the and the wildlife. And, and it was interesting because the other in travel agents, it was they just wanted to get there, see the lodge, then you know, trounce through as fast as they could, and <laughs> go back to the hotel room and sit in the in the air conditioning. And and that was that was not us. But we, you know, we the one um, place that we went to was Lake Arenal, where they have the volcano, and it was yeah, you know, the, know. Right. The, the lava. Yeah, the lava was coming down. And we were sitting in the water and. Uh, you know, we went to uh, a nightclub and, you know, was learning how to, to do salsa, not the American way, but the, <laughs> the truly mm -hmm, Spanish mm -hmm. way. And um, exactly. it started pouring down rain and the, the club, you know, just flooded. And But we were still, you know, we stayed up dancing, you know, the whole night through. And, and when, you know, but I think about her all the time. You know, she, she lost her battle with diabetes um, 
on Christmas, mm-hmm. during Christmas, uh, you know, and, but she just, you know, she was like um, a comet that streaks across the sky, you know, so mm-hmm. full mm-hmm. of life and, and just really like reminded you no matter how, like, how difficult things sometimes were in, in her personal life that she always, you know, she had so much love for her children. She had love for horses. Everything she did, she did with a passion. And I, I always think about that. You know, I have some wonderful photos of her. And, you know, many years after she passed, I did end up going back to Costa Rica. It's one of my favorite places and probably because it was, um, you know, the time spent with her there. But, you know, I'll never forget, you know, just from from the time that she drove up, you know, and, you know, until she she left this earth, there was always something so, so special about her. She could just make me laugh. And I think that was one of the Mm -hmm. the greatest gifts that she left on my heart. Have you, (laughs) I'm sure, I know you love to laugh. And, um, you know, there's people who... Oh, yeah, I've seen some things. Yeah, it's, here's the interesting thing about laughing. Again, it occurs in the moment. And Mm -hmm. uh, if you're you're not there, you're going to miss it. You're going to miss that opportunity. It is one of those wonderful things that occurs uh, because something has happened right then, right there. It's touched you in a certain way. And uh, I know when you're when if, if you're stressed out or you're worried about something or whatever, it goes right it goes right by you. And so, mm-hmm. um, connecting to <clears throat> the moment uh, is when this is what I can say is connecting to the moment is when you have these experiences, and at least the ones that are incredibly brief. Um, people you you, uh, you you meet with only you pass briefly. And uh, that in some way touch you, and uh, I, as I like to say, and I've probably said it before, um, you, I like to be the 1% or the one degree. I like to be the one degree, not the 1%, the one degree. Um, that is the person that impacts somebody um, to one degree, that has one degree of impact on a person, because one degree of impact can lead to 180 degrees of transformation over time. Mm-hmm over time and uh, over many years. You can, you, you, it, you're going in one direction, you have one degree, one degree of change, and you end up in a completely different place. And I always uh, encourage people to be, that, to be the one degree of, of change for someone else. That's how we're of service to someone, passing on something very positive, passing on. It could be an experience. It could be something that's said. It could be some way that you, you help them through a, uh, a challenging point, a moment in their lives, whatever it could be. And that, to me, is how – because we, we always talk about ourselves and things, but you, you, how do we actually create this with intention? I don't, I'm always fascinated by that. How can we, with intention – uh, be that person that helps someone uh, move that one degree that allows them to be to to, to help to evolve in a way that that they otherwise um, wouldn't have. Perhaps uh, we're just a uh, we're just a, a cog in the wheel, so to speak. We're just a, a piece of fraction, uh, I'd say, a grain of sand on the on the beach of of the universe, so to speak. However, it, the impact is is huge. And I kind of think about that sometimes when I'm out and about uh, and I encounter people because uh, that's, the, that's the, uh, the, the intention I have when I engage with someone. And mm-hmm. uh, I did today, from the moment, I went to get some gas this morning. I went to Tallahassee a couple of hours away. And uh, the woman I got gas from, I bought, I bought some gas uh, and it's like I want to come in with a big smile and a big presence, and I want to be impactful in a positive way. To let these people know that there, let this individual know that there are other people out there who just cared about, you know, getting this, getting that, getting whatever, and 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 in their own little world. And uh, I just mm-hmm. want to see them smile. And that that to me is is worth its weight in gold, you know, for the day. If I could do that once or or twice in a day, uh, then it's uh, I've you know, accomplish my mission. I don't have the opportunity to do it every day. I work out of my house, so I don't have the opportunity to do it every single day. But when I go to the grocery store, yeah, I look at everybody. It's really strange. I was thinking about this just the other day. And I want to ask, how many times do you actually very casually 
walk by someone and say, hi, Jenny, how's your day? When you don't, you've never seen them before, but they're wearing a name tag that says Jenny <laughs> or Bob yeah. or uh, Alicia. Mm-hmm. Or what. I just, I get, you know, I get the strangest look sometimes, you know, when they say, say, thank you very much. I say, hey, thanks, Jenny. Have a great day, you know. <laughs> and they're like, I, it just takes me a split second to see the name tag. It just, mm-hmm. and, and then I, and then I look them in the eye and I say, thank you very much. And I call them by name and instead of just, hey, thank you very much. I love doing that. I love doing it. We have waiters walk by somebody. You get the strangest looks sometimes from people. You go, to, how did you know I was, you know, <laughs> Jeffrey? And I say, well, it's on your name tag. <laughs> they forget it. They have it on. You know? they forget yeah, they, they do on. forget. Mm-hmm. But it's cool. Yeah. It, it, to me, it's but, just, you know, sometimes even I, I've had people, you know, when I, ha- I give them my credit card and they'll address me by the name when they hand it back to me, which, mm-hmm. you know, a mm-hmm. lot of times it, there is, it's a, it's a personal exchange. We have, you know, there's a, a lot to be said in the, in the power of your name and we know who, you know, it's, it's, um, yeah, I think there's a, there's a sort of like a soul recognition that comes along with that. And, uh, you know, and I think imparting inspiration and imagination and sharing the, the little, bits of wisdom, those pieces of paper that we talked about that you pick up along the way, those are right. all exactly. gifts that you can you can give somebody else that can leave that, that footprint on their heart. Um, one of the, oh, the things, yeah, and when, you know, I, when I was looking, that's why I said I was so surprised, like so many variations of the saying. One of them said, some people come into our lives and quickly go. Some people move our souls to dance. They awaken us to a new understanding with the passing whisper of their wisdom. Some people make the sky more beautiful to gaze upon. They stay inside, they stay in our lives for a while, um, leaving footprints on our hearts and we're no, never ever the same. And I thought, oh my gosh, I love that. Some people make the sky yeah. more beautiful to gaze upon. Mm-hmm. Wow. Oh, yeah. And I know you, with your photography from your mirror, you create those moments for a lot of people who don't have an opportunity to see the Florida sunsets or the Florida sunrises. Yeah, I love the, I love, I love the, uh, yeah, those little things. It's really interesting because that's a spring and fall thing in a winter, winter, uh, spring, fall, and winter. In the summer, because of the humidity, you don't really have, you know, awesome sunsets. You have a lot of clouds and the, and the sun is trying to find its way you know, through. And sometimes, in many cases, it never happens. Uh, but the best sunsets are spring and fall. And um, it's 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 really amazing the kind that you can have. And I'm I don't know I'm I'm mesmerized by sunrises and sunsets. Sunrise because mm-hmm. I can see out the back of our house the sunrises, and sunsets that I have to go to the beach for. However, why not? You know, um, if it's yeah, going to be a beautiful, <laughs> yeah, like why not? I mean, why not? <laughs> what? Why would we not do it? You know, it was funny because when I took my mother to to um, to the big island of Hawaii. It was about 12, 13 years ago. I took her to the, I took her without Sandy, by the way. I just took, I said, this is a trip for me and mom. And I took my mother to the big island of Hawaii. I found a, I found a a VRBO over there with two king size beds. And it was upstairs, downstairs, and she was doing fine. She could, that, she had no problems back then. And we went over to the big island of Hawaii for a week. And How what's fantastic. interesting is that, yeah, we stayed in Kailua Kona. And the interesting thing about Kailua Kona is because it faces to the west, everybody hmm. gathers at various places to see the sun go down. You know, when it's, when it's going to go down, they, they, it, it's this whole ritual. Uh, no matter what you're doing, you stop and you go to drive to this place to see the sun go down. And, I mean, there's several places around that area. Uh, some people are on the beach, others are up on the hill. We went to this shopping center that had this lookout, and everybody would park in the shopping center, and then they'd go to the lookout and, and experience the sunset. And I, I thought that was really, really rather cool. Um, you know, it's kind of like we saw, my girlfriend and I uh, saw Top Gun uh, Maverick last week she wanted uh, to go see it I, she'd seen the original that was, I, I was so was surprised I, and absolutely loved the movie from 
from so many different aspects. So I'd love to hear what you were going to say. I apologize. My take, well, my take on the movie was that they, uh, the writers actually uh, were able to capture his own um, emotional transformation. I thought they did a really good job of that. I'm, that's what I look for. Mm-hmm. In I'm looking for, I love movies that have a, a, a personal transformational aspect to them where someone goes from thinking or doing this and they, they shift and change over the course of the movie and that's exactly what happened with, with, mm-hmm. with Maverick. I thought it was really, really rather, I thought it was awesome. I, I, I walked out of that theater feeling, theater feeling absolutely uh, uh, amazing. And the thing about the movie that As made it I. so, so, yeah, you did. It's just, it's, it, I thought that they did an awesome, awesome job of putting that together. And <laughs> what's unique about it is that we go, we went to this, we, we went to the movies and I, I, I mean, I didn't know really what to expect. I'm like, no, okay, great. It's going to be another Top Gun thing. The first one was almost like, the first movie was was uh, almost teenager-like in comparison mm-hmm. to this movie that was mature. It was it had a mature theme about it. Yeah, it had fun. It had the sense of it had a mature theme. And in my view, it's a theme that young people hopefully get. It's this this theme where you you have an evolution you you have you can actually change who you are you can evolve beyond that that you know you can drop that whole uh devil may care thing and 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 you can move you can progress in life evolutionary and get and and achieve the connection that you wish you'd had all your all your life that you mm-hmm. wish you'd had all your life. I, I think it, and it's awesome. It's it's amazing to actually see, um, to 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 see a movie that that you would would otherwise be characterized as you know just some kind of fodder for millennials. Uh, that it would have that sort of mature theme to it. I really don't know what else they could have done uh, because they did the first one in the way that they did it. Um, but I loved it. I absolutely loved every every aspect of it. And uh, yeah. um, there are there are so many of them. It's it's really really rather cool. Uh, to, I'm to glad you brought it up because that was the one thing when he reconnected with at the time in the beginning of the movie. You don't realize she was a love interest, but you mm-hmm. know the connection. Like you know she she actually said to him, you know you always leave, and then the little girl said, you know don't you know you know hurt my mother's heart. And yeah. it was interesting don't because you her. could see. So many, it was almost like the themes, you know, one of the the upper uh, officers said, you know, Captain Maverick, you know, you, you know, how is it that you're still a captain? You've never evolved. (laughs) I mean, literally, like, what, what, you know, called him on the carpet, like, like, okay, here you are, you know, this is your career and this is where you are. Right. Now, yes, you have a passion, you love flying, but you also live irresponsibly or dangerously or, you know, yeah, you, you have been awarded all these accolades, but in the, in the grand scheme of things, you don't have that connection that you need, that love connection, that mm-hmm. heart connection that really pulled it all together, which, it, you know, I think, whether or not, you know, I don't want to be a, you know, a spoiler alert, but, um, you know, the connection <laughs> with his, his friend's son. I mean, and, they, and that was so well done. And the, the music that they brought into it, that really moved my heart. I mean, I, I walked away with yeah. those footprints on my heart from that movie, honestly, Michael. I, I just, yeah. I didn't want it to end. I, I was just like, wow, wow. I mean, it, yeah. it checked off. All those boxes for me, just like you said, it really did. It 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 was that was the surprise of it. The surprise of it mm-hmm. is that it made you feel like anything is possible. Like you can you can you you can come back to a, a, a love and change, evolve to the point where you can embrace it. You can embrace the connection, whereas um, you know, forty years earlier, 30 years earlier, whatever it was, I don't know what age he was, but, uh, you know, 25 years earlier in his career, he was, he was just a, a loose cannon and uh, devil may care, uh, adrenaline junkie. Uh, and uh, as he matured, you know, the beautiful thing about it was actually recognizing that he, 
that he had actually lost something very valuable to him and yeah. that he, he didn't appreciate it. He did not, he didn't appreciate it, which is really the interesting thing when it comes to connection, when it comes to <clears throat> footprints, people do leave footprints on your heart and you don't exactly know how to handle them at the mm-hmm. time. You don't know how to handle them. And uh, I had, I was in love with a woman in college for a couple of years and everything with us was absolutely perfect. And I wonder, the only, the only reason it, it didn't continue beyond a couple of years was because her parents were against an interracial relationship. And it was a different time. It was in the, it was in the uh, uh, late 70s and, you know, I mean, let's face it, nowadays you can't turn on the television without having uh, a, 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 seeing interracial relationships in all kinds of commercials and, and uh, movies and television. Back then, not such a thing. And uh, what, was, what was interesting about it is that I, I think back, I think back to, to, to what, <clears throat> to the footprints that were left, that she left on my heart. You know, I, I, I think back and, and uh, I would, because I was able to get together with her five years after we had broken up and have dinner with her. And it was really a wonderful experience um, to kind of acknowledge that I saw things kind of going nowhere. Uh, there were threats mm-hmm. to her and her uh, her ability to, to, to stay in California going to school because she was from Hawaii. Out-of-state tuition is incredibly expensive. And uh, her grandmother was paying her tuition and pulling the purse strings and said, hey, uh, you keep this up, you're going to come back to Hawaii. I'm not going to, I'm not going to foot the bill for this. And I said, you know what? You've got a lot of life to live. And best thing for us at this particular point, no matter how much it hurts, is to is to go our separate ways so that you can fulfill whatever dream it is that you have for yourself and whatever I, you know, whatever my destiny is for me. And uh, so, I mean, it wasn't one of those. Sometimes relationships end like that. Sometimes they right. end uh, amicably. Uh, I know it was amicable for me, but five years later she asked why it ended. And I'm going, I thought I was pretty clear about that at the time. Um, you know, you're <laughs> Your parents are right. making it really hard to, you know, uh, threatening to take you back, you know, bring you back to Hawaii to go to Hawaii, University of Hawaii, and that's not what you wanted in life. And she went on to have a great career with a major company and get her master's, and and I'm so happy for her. Uh, although I always wonder, I always wonder what would have, what might have been. You know, you think about mm-hmm. that because she was such an amazing uh, and mature person. Um, these are these are things that happen. Relationships, close relationships, they will leave footprints on your heart. They'll be dancing all over it, you know. And mm-hmm. you you have to be able to uh, to recognize not everything is going to last forever. And I guess the culmination of that, because if I had if I stayed with her, I never would have met my other Hawaiian girlfriend who left even bigger footprints on my heart. You know, I mean, and, and get to the point where I'm now with love my life who I left back in, uh, you know, 50 years ago, who we're saying celebrating 50 years of knowing each other uh, this, this year. That's uh, so which incredible. Is uh, yeah. And 21 years together uh, in October, I think you're going to Cabo and, and, and celebrate. And it's really kind of oh, interesting. Fantastic. Yeah. It's it, things, things do. It's kind of like, you know, it's funny because the movie Maverick made me think about that. Right. I went, I went away for 38 years. I, I had two marriages. I had lots of relationships and I had things going on, finding myself, so to speak. Um, people think, oh, well, yeah, you were always that. Were you always that confident? No, I was not always that confident guy that I am today. Um, right. I've done a lot of work <laughs> on myself. And this is what we have to do. We have to, people who come into our lives, who leave footprints on our, on our heart, they are the people who help shape our attitudes and our thinking about ourselves and the world around us. And they're the ones that help us um, take advantage of the opportunity of, of leaving them and, and uh, engaging with other people. It's, you can look back, so if I hadn't done that, this would have never occurred. And if I hadn't done that, this, this, this wouldn't have ever have occurred. And all that involves people. It's not just the events, mm-hmm. events it's people. It's always people. And that's the most beautiful thing that I uh, attempt to get across to people who are having a challenging time in life is that, is that you know, even, even somebody who's leaving you now is doing you a favor. It's not a 
problematic situation. They're doing you a favor if it didn't happen, if it didn't work out the way it was supposed to and it didn't end well. Um, you know, the opportunities exist to learn from that. It's something that you can apply perhaps in the next relationship, something that you can, um, some way that you can grow from this, from the experience. Uh, maybe perhaps it, you, 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 move one degree to the right and, you know, you never can tell what will happen. I didn't know I would run into her again 38 years later. I had no clue until somebody called me one day. You know, <laughs> like, you never can really tell. However, right. you have to work at it. You have to, those, those footprints are left there. And if you really want to um, reclaim something or whatever, you, you have to work on yourself and, um, and move. It continually evolves. And be be loving to yourself. Be loving to uh, take care of yourself. And it's it's. It, I guess I'm going off on this tangent because I have another friend who is is still having issues with loss. And mm. you know, it, it, either even leaving footprints on your heart, or they're dancing all over it. In in in, in his view, you know, I mean, it, because there are people who. There, not every connection you have ends um, in a way that is amicable or happy. You know, nobody really wants to end the relationship. I was sitting there just writing about um, a uh, uh, about the perception of, of of loss and how that really shapes mm-hmm. what it is that you how, your evolution going forward, uh, how you perceive the loss of a connection, how you, the loss of someone who's had who's left footprints on your heart. How do you do that? And how do you move? What's the process of that you can tap into to 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 allow yourself to to grieve and be sad and then be grateful? That's really, I guess, the the the, the process. And it's it's interesting uh, how we've done that. I mean, you've moved you move just about every two year every year. We've had to leave friends. We've had to leave people who've left footprints on our heart. And mm-hmm. I have to do it every two years up to 15, and I've done it many more times since then. How, can you let our audience kind of give our, let our audience into how you were able to reconcile that? Uh, you know, for me, and actually I was just speaking about this with my, my brother um, a few days ago because we – lived a very unconventional life. We were in mm-hmm. a hockey family. And, and my brother put it best. He said, you know, we didn't think about the moving and going to different schools. And we led a life where we were at rinks. We were around adults. We were, um, you know, constantly on the go. And, you know, so people look to, wow, you know, your dad's in hockey, you know, so it's like there's something to be said. And my brother said, you know, he met, as a child, he met every hockey hero he ever had. He had that opportunity. And, Mm -hmm. you know, you think about, like, he played, you know, he played hockey himself and then, you know, started getting into coaching. But, you know, to have that recognition um, and that gift never that, you know, well, yeah, I had to leave my friends. And um, it wasn't until we we moved to Pittsburgh that we sort of put down some roots. Um, You know, we kind of, my dad kind of left um, the hockey world, but he he got he he always had sort of an exciting lifestyle, and he came from a very small town and called Trail, British Columbia. <laughs> it's not you know there there's not a lot there. I mean, it's, uh, and the um, you know to kind of see where he evolved, but he he always had that spark, and you know he and my mother had an amazing relationship. You know we I don't really recall them arguing much when I was a child because they, you know, my, my mother was always like, okay, let's just pick up our roots and let's go. This is a, this is a good opportunity mm-hmm. for your father. And, you know, she, it, she never looked at it like, oh gosh, you know, here we go again. And we didn't look at it like that. You know, I was very good at, you know, back in the day before all of the technology, uh, I remember in first grade having a pen pal. And we had an opportunity, our, my teacher talked about leaving footprints on your heart. You know, it was like, okay, 
she found a group of students at, a, at another school uh, in England, and they became our pen pal. I'm like, I was so excited to have a pen pal that I could write a letter to and post it, and I would wait for that response. But in moving, I gained countless pen pals. And, you know, I, I still have kept in contact with a girl. I mean, we're, we're, she's like a sister to me that I met when I was in sixth grade. And we, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> you just, you just, you, and my mother was really great about that too. She kept in contact with so many different individuals. And she actually, in a lot of the cities she, where there wasn't a newcomer's club or a welcome wagon, she would found it because she knew what it was always like to be new. And so she, that was one of the gifts that she gave other people that were new to an area. She introduced them. They would have luncheons. They would, you know, find common threads and anchor people into a community. And it was, it was really a nice gift. And I think, you know, she was one of those people who definitely left footprints on my heart that way as well because she was always so welcoming to strangers. And, uh, you know, it's, yeah, I think it's... Um, so, so beautiful. So beautiful. Uh, it, it is, you know, you're, you made me think of one other person. It's interesting. And I wouldn't have thought about this particular individual, but I'll tell you, but this is just take one minute or so to, to tell you about this Please. gentleman by the name of Alejandro Garcia. Uh, yeah. Alejandro Garcia, I met, I met in, at San Jose State, my first year at San Jose State, my first month I met him. And uh, he was, we were in the dorms together. He was downstairs, I was upstairs. And I came across him, and he invited me to his parents' restaurant. They had a Mexican restaurant uh, up in Mountain View, which is now dead center of Silicon Valley. Actually, we were we were very close to the uh, to the uh, uh, San Jose State was downtown, and Silicon Valley was from there, Cupertino all the way up to uh, to Stanford uh, to Palo Alto. And bottom line is. Uh, He's still a, a wonderful friend today, brother from another mother, so to speak. It's kind of what we, I've got several. I've got several of those, uh, and you know, but he's one of my oldest, one of my oldest friends. 1977 is when I met him, and I'm thinking about it because I had two uh, two other friends I met. Um, one, the one prior to him in 1974 that I met, uh, who just passed away um, 12 years ago, uh, and another one from '83 that passed away. Two of my longest friends, and it's. You know, it's, what's interesting is he taught me about Mexican food. He also taught me ah. about tequila, Mexican <laughs> oh food, tequila. Because his, his family was a restaurant family. He, ended up, he, he owns three restaurants right now, three of the most famous restaurants in, in Pleasanton, California, and Mountain View. And his family uh, still runs, still operates the restaurant that he took me to in 1977. Wow, how fun. It's, it's a famous place. Yeah, it's a famous restaurant in Mountain View. And uh, uh, it was just something that he and his, his father and mother, his, his, his mother and father are amazing. Or his mother is absolutely brilliant. Her recipes are still being used to this day. So That's you can so make fun. connections with people. Yeah, you can make connections yeah. with people that are, are deep and abiding, and they can laugh. Look at that. Yeah, absolutely. You and and you, I think when you step into those friendships and those connections, um, you, stay, you step into a space of, of no time where there, you know, it, it doesn't matter if you haven't talked to the person for six months. You, you connect with them. You feel them in your heart. You hold them in your heart wherever you go. And you just pick it up and you pick up right where you left off. No time has, has even passed. And Absolutely true. There was, there was one more quote. I'm going to read it and then I'm going to let you close out the show. But it, it said, how very softly you tiptoed into my world, almost silently. Only a moment you stayed, but what an imprint your footprints have left on my heart. Wow. I don't know how I'm going to top that. Um, except to say that I would love to next week uh, talk about, uh, for people who maybe have a heart that's kind of closed where they, they've had footprints that have trampled on their heart maybe a little bit and they mm -hmm. need to open sure. it up. I would love to uh, next week kind of expand this to how you open your heart again so that footprints can actually be imprinted on your heart now uh, from something that maybe happened at some point in your past. How do you let that go and, and, uh, and get new, print, new footprints 
uh, on your heart. It's so so valuable uh, to have to be vulnerable, to be open, to allow uh, other people to into your life, and because you never know how your life will be enriched unless you open the door. You have to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's the way I will lead people. I, uh, for those uh, of you uh, who are listening at PRNFM, thank you so much. I know Lisa and I are incredibly grateful uh, for your listenership. And if you want to hear this episode again, please uh, check out the Connect to Love podcast uh, on Apple and Google and Spotify, etc. Connect in the number two and love, uh, which um, is an amazing resource for being able to uh, listen again or share this episode with somebody uh, again. Until next Saturday, though, I really, really wish you the best. Um, this week, make it a point to, with intention to uh, make some connections that leave some footprints on your heart. Thank you. I will do that. And uh, looking forward to next week. And abundant blessings to you all.